Are you ready to begin? I am. Hello, this is Sad Girl Syllabus, a commentary on media through the ages. Each season, we have a new syllabus to dive into. I'm Bethany. And I'm Mary. And we are two girls. Too sad. <laughs> Let's dive into the syllabus. <laughs> yeah. I like how we're always saying that we're sad, but laughing <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Through the tears. The the happiest sad girls you'll ever meet. (laughs) That's another catchphrase for year two. I know. We're officially (laughs) in it. We're aging. We're withered withered old cronies. Just kidding. Podcasts don't really like even. Podcasts that are under three years old are like still in gestation. Are they like dog, like, well, the reverse of dog years, I guess. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> like we get extra, extra baby years. Um, yeah, I think so. Hmm. Cause like people always say that, that like a podcast is sort of like, like you don't really like pick, get your stride until like three years in of like relentlessly posting content that nobody listens to. And then finally, <laughs> Are you talking about this from personal experience, Bethany? (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, your little princess meme (laughs) goes viral. (laughs) (laughs) That little princess reel was like, that was like something that I would have posted on my Instagram story like three years ago when nobody from my professional life was following me. And now I can't post it on my like actual Close friends. <laughs> yeah, the sad girl syllabus Instagram feed is my is my new close, close friends. friends. <laughs> so we should think about the close friends. What does the close friends of the sad girl syllabus Instagram account look like? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know who to add, you know? I wouldn't know either. I did add myself only because I was like looking at how something was like appearing, like how something was formatted. <laughs> one time <laughs> oh I have a I have a Finsta just for formatting <laughs> just like how does this look and you're like okay that needs to be redone it's part of sometimes that's part of my job um <laughs> the real tragedy of like the Finstas and stuff like you can't whoa um I just saw something like fly across the screen it looks like an orb for spooky season but it's not it was <gasps> part of Susie's fur anyway mm-hmm. that like caught the light anyway um <laughs> The veil is thin. Um, <laughs> subscribe for uh, elusive spirit orbs in the video content. Uh, anyway, um, the thing about Finstas now is that, like, because you can't you can't set up an Instagram without a phone number. Is that right? I think so, actually. And if you yeah. allow Instagram to connect to your contacts, even if you have like a Finsta connected to your main account. Like it's connected to your contacts. And so now sometimes I'll like get suggestions and it's like, you might know this person yeah, based on your contacts and it's someone's Finsta. And I feel like I'm like violating their privacy. I'm like, I shouldn't be seeing this. <laughs> I have a Finsta that has like, you know, nothing on it. It literally is and it's private. So it's just used for me to be like, does this format work? Does this look okay? 
but every day I get notifications on it. That's like Camille Cabello is doing this. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't follow anyone. No one follows yeah. me, but I'm always nervous that some, like the, in, the notification is going to tell me that someone found it yeah. and it's going to follow it. There's nothing there. Everything has been deleted, but it's very personal to me. So I guess the only way to have a real Finsta anymore is to have a burner phone. Oh yeah. And then create an Instagram from there. Damn. Damn. That really is like a gatekeeping thing. It's really inaccessible. You gotta have two phones. Cause like now it's, yeah. Cause like you have to have a burner phone, but it also has to be a smartphone. Right. Sort of like a flip phone. You're right. Yeah. What the fuck? Instagram. You can't get lost in the United States anymore in this day and age. It's Wait, little... is, isn't that a quote? Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what's it a quote from? Blair Witch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. Well, it was really, I paraphrased it. But yeah, yeah, I, I knew I recognized it. <laughs> You're constantly on the grid. A. What a great segue. Oh my God, Susie really. <laughs> um. Susie is the Blair Witch of this episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. For the for the Patreon subscribers, you're getting primo <laughs> content right now. I have a matching shirt, a Susie matching shirt. <laughs> She's your biggest fan, Susie. Remember it's that so one time when you sorry listeners, we're just riffing right now. But remember, Mary, when you when you watched Susie for me over Christmas break once? <laughs> and it did not go well. Like almost killed your cat. No, Ugh, I've never felt so bad in my life. She had it was, like an eye infection. No, the other cat did. It was it was my roommate's cat, and but she has like Ugh. like she releases liquid from her eye all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she has a goopy eye, and it just like got a little bit. I think I think it got a little bit out of hand because she was stressed from being alone with me in the whole apartment. Yeah, right. Because there was like the it's a, a crazy the apartment was kind of a crazy setup yeah it's like Susie would be over here but then couldn't yeah. be in the, the hall was public and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway I mean Susie was great Susie had a good time <laughs> she did Ugh, anyway felt so bad about that <laughs> don't <laughs> or at least I hope it's uh gone <laughs> um anyway Back to the matter at hand. <laughs> Full core. And um and the, the next episode. <laughs> yeah. A, for the a f- double feature. Double this, feature. This episode. Um, it was really quite freaky. Both of these movies are creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Atmospheric. Yes. One of them in particular actually does really kind of freak me out still. Which one? Blair Witch. Well, okay, yeah. You said still, <laughs> and so I figured that that was the the more, the older They're one. They're both, I think, very creepy, but like mm-hmm. Blair Witch to me is, it's scary. I think yeah. it's like very scary. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so we're talking about the Blair Witch <laughs> and also the witch. Uh, 
the is it David Egg- Eggers or Robert Eggers? Robert Eggers. Robert Eggers. His 2016 film um, about a Puritan family. Um, yeah, the Blair Witch is really scary, and I feel like people. Well, Paranormal Activity it mm-hmm. definitely like takes from it, but the Blair Witch is like the first found footage horror film, um, from the early two thousands, and. Uh, or is it 1998? It's 1998. I think we have not hit 2000 yet. Oh, damn. It's a pre... Oh, yeah, it's a 90s film. Yeah. Y2K. Yeah. So, yeah, and Paranormal Activity is definitely, like, taking inspiration from it by being, like, uh, home camera footage. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of people, obviously, they lob criticism at Paranormal Activity for being stupid and being, like, nothing really happens. And a lot of people started critiquing the Blair Witch, I feel like, where they were like, no, no nothing happens. And it's like, no, that's what makes it so scary is, like, it's so dark because they don't have they they're like trying to capture the footage and you don't know anything also the tension building with the Mm. friends oh my god so good (laughs) so good and I know a lot of people like I was like looking in letterbox or whatever like people's reviews and everyone's like oh Heather is so annoying and I'm like yes she is a (laughs) film student she's supposed to be annoying like (laughs) And then I saw the reverse, but like, it's misogynistic to call Heather annoying. And I was like, no, they're all <laughs> fucking annoying. They all suck. <laughs> they all suck. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's okay. That's like, also kind of the point, like, also they, it's clear that they all suck because like, they're going into like, they're documentarians also. Like, it's not just. <laughs> right. Like that's that's a mean thing, but like they're doing this thing that is that I would argue is the same as what's happening in Midsommar, where they're they're like trying to be ethnographers, right? Like they're not being. Here's my here's my distinction. They're not being responsible documentarians. No, not at all. And they're like, yeah, they're like rubbernecking kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and they're using it, and that's why they're like, oh, the locals are coming to get us. But it's like. Maybe you shouldn't fuck with a witch. <laughs> In Burkittsville. Yeah. Burkittsville. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I thought there, because there's also that moment where it's like, the, so, well, okay, what am I trying to say? <laughs> uh, too many thoughts. But there's also that moment where they go to the, like, the crazy lady mm-hmm. and, um, and they sort of like make fun of her and it's like a whole thing but obviously like with everything the, obviously the crazy one is the only one who knows what's up yeah yeah and yeah like that's like oh and, and she said they mock her on camera yeah etc but yeah and there's kind of like there is a like a little bit of like the fishermen that they see right before they you know really hike into the woods they yeah. also are kind of like oh these like local yokels like yeah yeah very dismissive of yeah. them in general um and they also make reference to deliverance they do right yeah which is like that didn't come up for me when I was thinking about folk horror but it's kind of a precursor I mean, folk horror light. Folk horror light. I think there is a lot of horror movies that are like, oh, like either a like the city dweller goes into the countryside and something bad happens to them. Like even 
Actually, that's kind of the reverse. I was going to say less house on the left, but actually <laughs> they're in the country and the city is bad. But yeah. anyways, both of that, they both happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's so, mm, it's so good. And let's go on. No, I was going to say, I feel like I'm going to have a hard time keeping a coherent conversation with you because I just really love both of these movies, especially Blair Witch. It's just, (laughs) it really is a good movie. And I feel like anyone who says it's like boring or like just kind of lacks the imagination. And also have you ever been in the woods at night? (laughs) You're like, if you thought it was boring, you're boring. You're a boring one. <laughs> Reverse Uno. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, um, yeah, and also the woods are fucking scary. Oh, also that's another thing that I wanted to be sure to bring up because both of these movies do it. Um, because the woods are a character in both, um, the witch and the Blair Witch. And there's something, it's a very like like the forest is an archetype. And I love that both of these are like, you feel it in the witch, you feel it more fantasy. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the forest being an archetype is, is definitely felt more in fantasy, like in like Lord of the Rings type thing. Um, uh, definitely Harry Potter. Like it feels the forest is more of an entity in the fantasy genre. Um, but it's also playing a huge, and it plays that kind of like fantasy role in the witch a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it definitely is also very much a presence um, for the Blair Witch too, which I loved. I loved. Also, in terms of like, I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. The the forest just the forest is also a huge entity in the whole Slenderman enterprise. <laughs> yeah, huge thing. And so it's just I don't know. It's it's just a great like theme that is just everybody's afraid of the woods. I love it everyone's afraid of the woods and one thing that I was like oh like in the witch the mother says to the father you can't escape the woods or like you can't escape the forest and I was like oh that's like literal in Blair Witch they are walking in circles they're um they think they're going south but they end up back where they started Mm -hmm. um trapped and so are all the the family in the witch as well Yeah. yeah 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 the, and there's sort the of what's is like is magic yeah is a cage to yeah. those who don't know how to use it yeah uh, yeah and um and the other thing that I was thinking of when the in the witch should we summarize either of these movies <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you said this is gonna be incoherent I also feel incoherent sure well, let's do I feel like they're brief enough that we could do really quick ones <laughs> Yeah, because I was also going to bring up, oh, shit, now that I lost that train of thought, too. Sorry. Um, oh, oh, M. Night Shyamalan, the villagers. Oh, the village. The whole, the village. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean- Not the band. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an amazing crossover. I mean, there, there are costumes in both, so. It's just YMCA, like playing distantly from the forest and it's like kids standing in corners of rooms like listening to wives anyway okay the crossover you didn't know you need the village 
M. Night Shyamalan's The Village. Also, like, very, the forest is, like, the boundary. Anyway, um, okay, well, The Witch, to summarize briefly, is set in puritanical North New England, North, Northeastern America, and this family um, gets banished to <laughs> to a plot of land on the edge of the forest like right ahead of the forest they get they get exiled from the um from the colony because the dude I couldn't tell is the is the husband the father the patriarch is he too puritanically extreme that was my understanding that yeah, he's like so puritanical he is heretical I guess yeah. to them and so they're like get out of here but I will say just a note away from the summary it seems like he gets less religious as time goes on <laughs> well he's he's like un- he's sort of like morally ambiguous and kind of unethical because he lies yeah. all the time and it's just like what I thought you couldn't lie <laughs> like I thought that you would go to hell you'd be damned <laughs> right you seem like the kind of guy who would never lie even if yeah. you needed to because yeah. you're going to hell but he does to his yeah. wife all the time <laughs> and to everybody else but yeah and so they get exiled they have to build a whole new self-sustaining life but um uh and they have they have thomason the eldest daughter and um anya taylor joy <laughs> joy taylor Anya, whatever uh and then um and that's the- <laughs> damn this is a really incoherent (laughs) it's about right um (laughs) and they have and then they have a younger son who's just a couple years younger than her and then they have two creepy twins who are like six years old and then they have a newborn baby and the crux of the film happens when this baby disappears thomason is like watching him playing peekaboo with him um and he disappears he is kidnapped by a witch in the woods and I forgot how horrendous that whole thing was yeah I saw this movie in theaters and so but I hadn't seen it since then and um and I saw it at this like really like really really old uh theater in Brooklyn that is now the Nighthawk in Prospect Park or by Prospect Park in Windsor Terrace and um yeah before it before the or yeah Windsor Terrace Park Slope before that Nighthawk was Nighthawk it was I can't remember the name but it was like the most seedy theater it was the excellent the most excellent place to watch the witch (laughs) (laughs) um but I forgot it's so graphic like the witch kidnaps this baby and then you see this woman and she's very she's a very old woman cuts open the baby and then like bathes herself in his blood and guts so it's like it's quite and none of it but all of that is like hinted at so you it's like that's another thing that is sort of like the Blair Witch where it's just like using the suggestion to scare you more than the actual um disturbing graphic image anyway so the baby goes missing and then immediately everybody is like suspicious of Thomason because she was the one who last saw the baby um and then the twins start like accusing her of being the devil the twins are so fucking freaky um and then and then (laughs) the harvest there is no harvest all the crops are bad like the corn is is bad um and shit starts falling apart they think that they're cursed because thomason is a witch and she's like of the devil or whatever Mm -hmm. and um and then it just escalates from there and then eventually the younger son 
he disappears while he's hunting with the dad. Um, and then it climaxes when the sun, another like, yeah, the climax is when the sun comes back. He like is clearly bewitched. He like pukes up an apple, a whole apple. And then he like, uh, and then he dies in a really dramatic scene. <laughs> it, it's intense. It's like, not like a possession, but it kind of feels like that. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a war happening over at least and within his yeah. body. Yeah. 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 Cause he is like, he's also like having this apparition of God. Kissing him on the lips. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> and then. Sorry. Uh, it's like hella Puritan. It I is. Have, so it good. is. Yeah. I have some questions about the sexuality in this movie, but. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause he's also like obsessed with Thomason. Yeah. He's like staring down his shirt. Yeah. And sorry, it wasn't just me that there's like some weird tension between her and her dad. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess it's because she's like the young, pretty girl or whatever. That's the only one around. And I think there's supposed to be this larger conversation about like community and being secluded um, and some fucked up shit Mm. starting to happening. But yeah, it's, it's freaky. Sorry, it was really, really freaky. And I got to stop that. <laughs> Off the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and so things start escalating. The tension in the family starts escalating because the younger twins like keep accusing Thomason of being a witch. The mother thinks that she's a witch. And then um, and then everything kind of uh, goes really crazy. Like the mother has this dream that her dead children are visiting her, but it's like, it's like these horcruxes of the devil. It's like a crow and the, the scene with the crow yeah. eating her breast is so iconic. And in this seedy ass South Brooklyn theater, mm. there was some dude who was like, I remember this distinctly. He was like, she's eating her titty. It was like, so <laughs> ruined it. It just ruined the, <laughs> the scene entirely because it's so visually like really stunning. It looks so great. It looks super new england it just is amazing this like pilgrim with this with like the like yeah she's like laughing as this crow is like biting her breast and she thinks that it's her dead infant um anyway that and so the devil comes to them and then eventually like tempts thomason well the devil is embodied in this black goat a he goat named black philip who is also iconic (laughs) and uh black philip impales the dad and then tempts Thomason to like come into the woods and be a witch and with that really famous line now wouldst thou like to live deliciously um and then it ends in like this cabal in the forest all the naked ladies floating above their bonfire yeah it's pretty fun looking (laughs) exactly yeah so that's the witch the witch do you want to uh, do the Blair Witch? Sure, I'll do the Blair Witch. <laughs> Blair Witch begins with a title card. <laughs> that like in 1998 or 1994 or something like that, like yeah. these three film students went into the woods to make a documentary. They were never seen again. This footage is all that's left or whatever. Um, and it begins with Heather who is the director and um, really the uh, organizer of this film project. And she wants to make a documentary 
on um, the Blair Witch, which is a sort of myth or like or legend around again these New Englandy um, parts of are they in Massachusetts? I yeah, or are they in Maryland? Oh, they're Wait, in Maryland, right? So they're yeah. not really in New England, but it looks really <laughs> New Englandy. But the east east coast, east coast. Um, yeah. And so they go, she has uh, a friend who's coming with her to record and his friend who's helping out. Um, immediately tense. Uh, Heather is a bit controlling. She has, she is the director and the other guys are a little bit more lackadaisical. Um, yeah. They go in, they start recording um, the town's inhabitants if they have any met recollection of like that legend or strange happenings in the town of which there are many different versions and like either you know there's a serial killer in the woods oh no there's this witch that we saw or like way back in the 1800s there's this um they get that uh all that film recording and then they go into the woods themselves to shoot both a place called cemetery rock and then to hike to a cemetery from i believe the 1800s were like seven mm-hmm. kids are supposed to be buried that were mm-hmm. murdered by the Blair Witch maybe um however <laughs> uh <laughs> doing great uh, the trip does not go great um <laughs> they immediately get lost or yeah so they say um and by the time they make it to the cemetery, weirder things are happening. They're starting to hear things in the night at their tent. They see um, crazy rock piles. They see crazy rock piles. They start seeing sticks together. <laughs> Which bundles. is so much freakier in that movie for whatever reason. I mean, but it is creepy. It's it creepy is no matter creepy. what. Because like an animal doesn't have fine motor skills. That's what makes it scary. No, it, it is really creepy. And it's like, and you're looking for them, you know, I feel like you start looking for stuff because you yeah. can see so little in this movie because a lot of it's being filmed at night. Yeah. Um, it's great. So anyways, um, so things start escalating and they cannot find their way out of the woods. They both are fighting because they hate being there and they're fucking lost. Um, and one of them throws the map away etc um things are tense to the eventually the point where they're like being harassed at night but they don't know what it is like you know things are banging on their tent there's voices all around them there's yeah and there's also like a lot of freakish the other thing that was that was creepy about it is like the volume yeah because like there's also this like crazy sound that's happening throughout the woods and you can't tell if it's just like is it raining and it's just the sound of rain like everywhere or is it is there like something going on and uh and and that sound is really muted but then all of a sudden and you as the viewer will try to like turn up your sound to see if like what's happening but then like one of the people will scream and it's like (laughs) yes (laughs) right the sound is really interesting too because I actually think it's like kind of an amazing hallmark in the movie is that you know they have two cameras one's film mm-hmm. and they have one audio recorder oh yeah yeah, like yeah. a separate a dat right yeah just grab the dat um <laughs> <laughs> I grab the dat uh 
so sometimes you like will see like Heather walking, but like her voice will be like either not not uh, what is being shown on the recorder or like it's just like really creepy anyways so they um lose one of their their members in after being like chased through the woods one night um they just totally lose josh her friend Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they can't find him anywhere they're kind of losing their minds um and in the last night they start hearing a man's a voice uh in the woods calling for help they think maybe it's josh it leads them to a house uh abandoned house in the middle of nowhere woods um this is after they've been walking in circles no matter what direction they go in um they end up back at the cemetery um yeah it's a creek it's a creek that's what it is um and and so they eventually find this house. They go in. There's sound again. The sound you at first it sounds like it's upstairs. Then it mm-hmm. sounds like it's downstairs. Um, of this man yelling, and they're running through, running through. And it's his name is Mike, right? Not yeah. Sorry. Mike um goes into the basement first, followed by Heather. Heather is screaming her fucking head off. Yeah, Jesus. And walks into the room in which. Mike in this basement of this abandoned house is facing the corner, which we learned was a thing that the serial killer used to make kids do. Um, while well, he killed the other one, and then, yeah, the camera falls, and that's Over. it. Yeah, it is so fucking freaky because, well, okay, and this this occurred to me. Well, okay, so I I say that hilariously like this occurred to me the second time that I watched it because here's the other thing I also watched the Blair the last time that I watched the Blair Witch Project aside from for this podcast was in theaters oh when I was what what is 1999 seven I was seven and my and my mom took me to see it in theater (laughs) I mean, I saw it with like my mom and my sister. It was like girls' date. Like I don't <laughs> classic girls' date. The player Anyway, but also wait, small anecdote too. So they so one of the bundles of sticks is like a little like humanoid figure, and that became like very emblematic of the film. And here is like proof that I have always been goth. Goth is not a trend for me. <laughs> I had that little stick Blair Witch Project thing as a pendant when I was like ten, and I would wear it to school to my Catholic school. <laughs> Wow. That's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Disturbing. I love that you saw it when you were seven and you're like, I'm obsessed with this movie. I want a necklace. Uh, (laughs) I was like in the fandom. Yeah. Well, so this movie was like, they did an excellent job marketing this movie because they were like, it's real guys. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The whole found footage premise. (laughs) Right. And people were like, is it real? Is it not real? Um, this movie is also meticulously edited. It's like yeah. just, it's a really well done movie. It is really fucking creepy. Mostly yeah. because, yeah, you like are seeing darkness. Um, the tension between the friends makes sense. It's real. Um, also, one thing, so oh, the, this film, very interestingly, was like shot mostly improv. They gave the actors notes like every day. But mm-hmm. the actors are recording um, it 
and you know kind of going as as they are they did get lost i think at one point um they supposedly the direct like producers directors i don't know really what you call them at this point reduced their food also like they are camping out there like it's raining it's shitty they are feeling shitty Mm-hmm. So they are kind of fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, at least there's some realness to this. One thing I do love is at the very, at near the beginning, they do like film. Heather does kind of a monologue about mm-hmm. like, you know, in this town, like da, 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 da. And yeah. they're in a cemetery. Yeah. And I guess the directors were like, we scouted this like incredible location for them to do this scene at. And they fucking chose to do it in front of a pile of rocks. Like, because <laughs> uh, there's like this beautiful, vi- like this sort of ominous, but beautiful vista and like rolling hills. And then they like are in front of like a pile of rocks instead of like just a little bit away. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great, a great film. That's all I have yeah. to say. Yeah. Um, that's not all Mm. um yeah uh they're also playing themselves the actors they're not given character names too like it actually is like heather and mike and josh or whatever um goes along with it and yeah i was texting with my sister the other day and she was just like like the way that we thought it was real (laughs) like (laughs) there it was there was a lot of lore around it um and you didn't really know and it was the birth of a genre the other thing that i wanted well yeah it was like it was the birth of a genre um before i go on this other tangent i'll just say this like it slender man would never exist without the blair witch project so many on like online urban legends would never yeah. exist um and it's all and and again like paranormal activity um is based on this or like the technique um and so it's just it it like I don't know sees this the the tool for what it is like a camcorder and the fact that Mm -hmm. camcorders were like accessible to most people at in the 90s and um uh and like the way that you can like document everything um and the documentation of everything can be its own horror movie um I don't know it just really like takes the technology to a totally new level um yeah and I think even in the fact that you don't actually they don't play this out in the film in Blair Witch really but I think as a viewer you're you're looking for it or you are afraid of it of the the camera picking up something that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't see uh, with your bare eye like so you're looking in shots to see it like oh is there something on yeah. the periphery you know like is there something that the character doesn't see but the camera has recorded and that definitely is like paranormal is like playing on that but mm-hmm. it's yeah scary. um um that's and that leads me into my next tangent about this being in the corner situation um <laughs> So in the sto- when they hear about the serial killer who lived in this house, who allegedly killed seven children, um, you hear that the, the killer would always like bring two kids in to a room and would make one kid face the corner while they killed the other kid. 
And it was because, um, and I guess like they maybe caught the killer and this is like a court record. What he said in court was like, I don't like to see their eyes on me. So he didn't want one kid to, and he didn't want one kid to be looking. So face the corner. And so at the end, that's what is happening is like one, the serial killer has lured or the witch, whatever supernatural entity has lured two people into the room, forces the one because he's killing forces Mike to face the corner because he's killing Heather. But the thing about that is like, he doesn't like the eyes on him, but she has an eye. What I love about this Mm. is like, she has her own, she has an external eye, which is her recording device and she's getting everything. And the thing, the really creepy thing is like, well, one, is it like, can you, is it something that you can't see? It's just like the spirit that is killing her, but she's obviously like seeing and feeling because she's screaming in terror. But then like, why didn't her camera pick it up? And then you start to think like like did the people who found the footage like edit that out because it was too like gruesome to see this like there was an eye on him on the killer and that is like that is also super freaky and then what I think happened within the next like 10 years of this like genre of horror is that and what is really creative is that a lot of people started turning the story onto the they started the horror genre and found footage themes carried over but they started the narrative started to be turned on like the editors like the ring Mm. is like this woman who was looking through tapes and she's editing and there's like some weird series on netflix um i forget what it's called it's pretty recent but it's about someone who's like who is tasked with editing like really gruesome footage i know what you're talking about well there's one where he's also like is in this like random weird not factory but like laboratory and has to like listen to all this audio and edit it anyways mm. yeah and there's yeah a bunch of that and that is like even that's even scarier I think that that's a great like next level for found footage horror because it's just like yeah what about the fucking editors who like find these tapes and have to watch through this and what about the psychological damage mm. and you get into the kind of supernatural like what if spirits can like psychically jump into the you know into the psyche of, of a whoever watches this which is sort of like the ring um, right that they can travel through it and right I mean this is getting to I think what might be a larger theme the way our season is shaping is um technology yeah or like modern technology in folk horror um and like how that might bring the past mm-hmm. into communication with the present yeah. or or another world into you know like yeah spirits etc into communication with the day-to-day which has always been like photography since the beginning has been a stick of photography of like right, right. oh you know here's my double negative you got a ghost in your house you know yeah yeah and that's also in the skeleton key too, is like the, there's a record that is like specific. Um, um, it's like a Cajun hoodoo spell that is being recited. And it's like the fact that it can be, re- that it can be put on a record and that then you can play it means that, um, that the spirit can like keep traveling and the spell can, the, the conjuring can still like occur. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, oh, damn. Oh, I know what I was going <laughs> to found my train of thought again. The other thing too, that I think is really interesting is, um, 
and I had a I I had this like astrology and tarot teacher that I have taken many classes with and they're really great and they um two years ago I guess were teaching this like ancestral like ancestry how to maintain an ancestral ancestral altar type class and like how to just like make the most of like when the spiritual world is closest which is always during like during the fall season the fall and winter season anyway um and they were talking about like how so many cultures and this this has a point I promise um so many different cultures around the world will like have very specific moments in time, like moments during, during a year, cycles during a year, um, and also very specific practices to honor the dead and to like commune with the dead and to like, like make dedicated time to be with them. And that's, and, and it's just, it's not even like they're the dead, they're, they're the ancestors, like Mm -hmm. it's interchangeable, but they were saying that, um, it's not, you don't really see a lot of that in America because, American America most of America was like taken over by the Puritans and the Puritans who are so hell-fearing God-fearing hell-fearing they they just they don't think that any spirits are around because all the spirits have been subsumed into heaven and they they would always say or there was this one moment where they were saying like the Puritans have ghosts everybody else has ancestors and I think that that ties into both of these um movies oh for sure and I like I think this is I feel like very representative of the American folklore which is like the land is bloody like everywhere you go there is a history of bloodshed of genocide um and violence of colonialism and you see that obviously in the witch, which they're mm-hmm. like literally referencing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that, you know, like it's, they're sort of cursed mm-hmm. in some way. And there is some sort of natural force, maybe natural, supernatural force that is like preventing any prospering there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's directly tied into the natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same with Blair Witch, there is like references to his historical happenings in there and like Native Americans and um it's vague they're always vague in these ones <laughs> there's like stuff happened I don't know um but but it is kind of still this like oh something has been yeah something is here it's but we can't name it mm-hmm. we don't know exactly what it is mm-hmm. but it it does not like us you know yeah. it is against us um and it is always about like the history of the land yeah so it like it wraps like ghost into forest I don't know or witch right right yeah is the witch the the bearer of that history or the the um the avenger in some ways or Mm -hmm. something just like the violent spirit that you know I don't know but I'm going off on a tangent, (laughs) but I do like that both of them kind of, yeah, struggle with that. There's this other movie, um, Eyes of Fire, Hmm. that is, I think from the seventies, um, that is also like witch in the woods during Hmm. Puritan, um, time. And it 
but like also kind of has like a really interesting conception of nature and like the land holding memory or ghosts you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah there's definitely like well there's a moment where in the witch the dad says like we will conquer this land and um the land is like no you will not yeah and more <laughs> and furthermore the witch is like I don't try to conquer it I just try to like harness some of its energy and that's how I am able to live granted the witch also like sacrifices youth to keep herself young so yeah <laughs> um yeah it's interesting I mentioned this to you um it's interesting that like the witch is not necessarily folk horror in the traditional sense because it's not being compared to modernity um in any way like there's no outsider coming into like a sort of traditional community kind of thing it's just but rather it's sort of like it's the contrast of like the religious disciplined puritan contrasted with the witch who is um who is living with nature and everything like that. An interesting thing is like all the witches are white. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which is a little bit weird because like you would assume that like, or, and I, I guess maybe Eggers didn't really want to like, he, I don't know. It seems weird to me that it's like, wouldn't, cause he's so obsessed with researching like yeah. historical stuff and different cultures but it, it is kind of weird to me that he didn't like try to bring in some folklore from the native american like the the tribes that were in that region i'm surprised maybe he's like this is a purely white problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> in my my um dream thomason well like we've seen that the witch in the one who takes her little baby brother has a cabin mm-hmm. so in my dream like thomason just you know her all her family's dead at the end she's become a witch um she gets to go live in the cabin that they were in and the forest just grows around it and that's how the yeah. <laughs> witches exist they've all been outcasts from puritan society yeah 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 and yeah the forest just keeps taking them in yeah and then 200 years later a group of three film students <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then t- five years after that a group of students go into a cabin in the woods <laughs> and <laughs> realize it's all a simulation <laughs> oh, this whole time <laughs> uh, um yeah, I guess it is probably like a purely white problem. Like it's it's <laughs> because like like you know it, it probably wouldn't occur to any Native American tribe to like sacrifice children. But um <laughs> um but no, yeah, I guess that it also sort of makes sense. I don't know because like in the Crucible, mm. like there's um um. The the woman, um, uh, I can't. Uh, Tichuba, Tichuba, uh, who is like from um, who who they will accuse the other white witches of having taken her like West African 
spiritual practices and adopted those. And that's like the witchcraft kind of thing. And so it's surprising to me that none of that sort of like multiculturalism is there. Um, Yeah, because Robert Eggers just seems like he really gets a thrill out of heavily researching. (laughs) I think he used to be a costume designer. So it does really feel like, or like, a yeah, a dramaturgical like obsession. Mm -hmm. I would say the creepy, it is surprising that there are very, some, as you mentioned, gruesome scenes in The Witch. But for some reason, those twins are so freaky. And I think some of it, is the way they talk for sure uh, the little girl especially but the puritan clothing which is like you know everyone's wearing these like grown-up gray like m- many layers they're kind of like out but she looks like you know a grown-up kind of mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. with a child's face there's mm-hmm. something so disturbing about yeah. her, them in those little outfits <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, I don't know. Yeah. It really creeped me out. And then I was like, oh yeah, here, here you got the, the costuming. Yeah. Although there's like one, there's one scene with the little boy, um, the younger, the, or the like eldest son, younger than Thomason. He had, I noticed this and it really, really irked me and I could not get over it. He had in his coat, he has this like weird fleece lining thing huh. in his coat. And I was like, they did not do that back then, did they? But I don't know if Robert Eggers was a costume designer. Maybe they did. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I was like, that looks like a Patagonia fleece. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't. It took me out a little bit. Um, that kid looks like he was a 90s child actor. <laughs> he has just the face of like of someone on a 90s sitcom or like the little brother yeah. in some movie. Yeah, it's like the spiky hair or something. Yeah, I don't know. And I think like the roundness and the freckles of his (laughs) face, it's just like, it was, you know, it's not of this time period, but also (laughs) the 18th century. (laughs) Maybe that's a, maybe that's like an Easter egg subplot that nobody has picked up on except for us that like him, this like 90s sitcom kid and like his Patagonia fleece. (laughs) Maybe it's like a sort of like, he's from the future. (laughs) Mm. like a the village kind of thing situation we're back at the village (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's um yeah it's it is interesting that like this feels it feels folky even though it's like it's not it it's not like the midsummer kind of vibe um or wicker man kind of vibe yeah an outsider coming in but yeah but they are outsiders, essentially. I mean, they're getting exiled outside of their community. And you see, like, the gates to the commune shut in their faces kind of thing. And it's all freaky. And um, and they definitely feel like outside. Like, at one point, the wife says, I want to go home. And he's like, we can go back to the town. And she's like, back to England. I want to go back to England. Right. And so there's that whole thing, too, um, of, yeah, being colonists and having to colonialists uh and having to um be in a strange land and yeah get freaked out yeah you're like double outsiders you've you know had to leave or willingly left the country you're from yeah because of your religion seemingly 
then had to leave yeah, the community yeah. you were in. Also, what's interesting is like an interesting comparison with the original Wicker Man is like that dude, Howie, is so religious. He's so Catholic and austere. Right, right. The dad. Right, Protestant, but yeah. The dad and the witch is freaky. He's, he's very austere. Yeah. His face. His face is weird. <laughs> the most austere face in the world. But and also, yeah, with like this like hypothyroidism kind of thing going on with the bulging eyes. Um, I don't think that that happens to dudes with hypothyroid. Right, anyway, man. whatever. <laughs> I know. It's like this guy was weird looking, even for a Puritan. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Um, that was another thing, that, an interesting thing from this class that I took, this ancestral remediation class. Um was like, you know, if you like it was people were very encouraged to like really explore Susie. This is the cat's dinner time. So it's oh. they're like on extra high alert. Um uh Susie, wait, speaking of American folk tales and folk horror, black cats are thought to be specifically black cats, black uh, are thought to be gifts from the devil to a witch. Hmm. I'm familiar. <laughs> Does Susie have an evil eye? Yeah, it, that's collar. her collar. It's cute. <laughs> it's for protection. Um. Anyway, okay. Uh. So. Um. Yeah. Speaking of like cats being gifts to witches, uh, <laughs> and I like get my own cat an evil eye charm. <laughs> um. But. Uh, oh shoot! What was I talking about? oh the okay yeah in this class that I took mm-hmm. a couple years ago we were all very encouraged to explore um our heritage and lineage and explore like those cultural practices um around um around the dead and around ancestors and a couple people in the class had like were like very very English like very like my ancestors definitely like came over on the Mayflower. I know that they did. And like my spiritual practice, I guess, like goes back to paganism. Um, mm. And uh, and so that the instructor would say like, a lot of times you can like call in your ancestors. And a lot of times like your ancestors will be, because if, if you like have lived in America for several generations, a lot of your ancestors will be like, Americanized and those ancestors might be like freaked out by the fact that they're getting called in because they're like because they're not used to being called in kind of thing it was it this is like freaky I don't know if I'm doing it justice to like retell it here but anyway as they were talking they were saying like you know if you have this like if you know that your background is English and you know that you can't that your family has been here for as many generations from the 1600s like if you call in ancestors and you're able to see them like they might just like be like Puritans, like staring at each other, like not knowing what to do because they don't know how to be called in as spirits Mm -hmm. and are like austere. Anyway, uh, that's probably like sounds really freaky (laughs) to the listener. I'm sure that sounds like fucked up. (laughs) It's Halloween. It's the time to be fucked up. I think it's perfect. (laughs) Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, um, 
it's all really good and I and I do appreciate the fact that it's like that that I do appreciate talking about America specifically because it's not just because America definitely does have its own like folk legends and not Mm -hmm. and like many 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 different kinds because there were like so many different civilizations living here yeah Um, like any Native American tribe even if it's like sort of geographically close to a different one they're completely different civilizations with completely different like spirits and um worldviews kind of thing and so like the land gets haunted in that way too um it's crazy (laughs) (sighs) i'm gonna have nightmares tonight i know it's dark outside and i'm like looking i it's like windy and i can uh, i'm getting like freaked out blair witch is so good it is very good i really like really i have to say if you have not seen it you gotta go see it because i love the witch but the blair witch is like it just works yeah like there's really i think few things that are that work as well as it, it just really yeah. works well like it's yeah it's really well a well done movie and it's fucking freaky yeah i mean there is fewer things that are creepier than a mysterious pile of rocks or sticks outside your uh, tent when you wake up in the morning <laughs> um i'm on i'm on its wikipedia page can you believe this so the budget was two hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand uh. to five hundred thousand dollars that was their budget box office <clears throat> box office made 248 million dollars good for them yeah <laughs> that's crazy oh release date january 23rd 1999 that means it's an aquarius uh sorry and <laughs> now i'm just like getting too like fandomy but yeah it just it really you're right it really um it it yeah, I don't know. It's a combination of the fact that it was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just like in a thing, in a world on my own on this Wikipedia page because part of the movie poster was a missing flyer. Oh, yes. I know what you're, t- yeah. A missing person poster showing Heather Donahue, Joshua Leonard, and Michael C. Williams as part of the film's marketing campaign tactic to portray its events as real. Just, it just broke. It just, it broke everything. And it became a blueprint. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's also something that is another level of creepiness to the Blair Witch is that a lot of their tech they're using are like is outdated now or like, you know. Yeah. And this especially I feel like comes true with like something like the ring in which you do not use a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so or like that you're not. Yeah. So there is this like level of like weird outdatedness that I think lends itself to something your sense of wrongness when yeah. you when you watch too yeah like the quality of the video not like using film per se but just some of those like I think we'll get this becomes more true as we go through the yeah. season of like the older the technology, the more outdated it is. Mm-hmm. Somehow, the creepier it becomes, which is really weird. Yeah, and I think that that like adds to this contrast, uh, like another. That's a an, just another layer of like the contrast between like modernity and mm-hmm. 
and living in the past and um like you feel like um you feel like you're like looking in the cats are like knocking things over which is also freaky because the rest of the house is dark <laughs> so, like, yeah. anyway Bethany, i'm sorry for what we've done <laughs> by recording this podcast. <laughs> um but i think the point is is that i think that it's like it adds to this like you also feel like an outsider when you feel like you're looking at something outdated. You also feel like, um, like, Oh, I'm seeing something from so many years ago. That's another great thing about like using technology to tell and making technology. Another main character in the narrative is like technology speed, like the development of technology is so sped up. Like for some, like it would be creepy to look at like grainy cell phone pictures from 2007 right now. Um, because you wouldn't know, like, am I seeing something in that picture or is it mm-hmm. like, um, is it whatever? Wait, I have to tell. Okay. I don't, uh, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but I do. I like, I want it since we're talking about documentation yeah, and making things scary and documentation. I do have to tell this story that I learned from another person, um, that I worked with who photographs seances. Um, she goes around. Her name is Shannon Taggart. She's great. Um, also like a true sad girl because she photographs seances. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and she travels around the world to like be with these like world famous mediums who hold these seances. And um, she traveled to, and she documents them. And she has like really like, in, she has infrared cameras. She has um, all kinds of tools to, to just like photograph the image of and she doesn't use like evp type tools like it's she's mm. just trying to photograph it anyway and and there's this swiss medium named kai muga and um he's like the top most successful medium of the of now like he's been working like contemporaneously and um he's also the only medium contemporaneously producing ectoplasm <laughs> And, um, and Shannon has, Shannon Taggart has photographed some of his ectoplasms. Um, and she has this really like intense video loop, um, of a, of a hand coming out of his mouth, um, an ectoplasm hand. And, uh, so for the listeners, ectoplasm is this like white goo that was produced by psychic mediums in the 19th century at the time of American spiritualism, um, where people would commune with the dead and it was a very common practice to have seances but some psychic mediums could um channel the spirits in such a way that they would produce this like white goo and that was the physical manifestation of a spirit anyway kai muga now flash forward to now so he's like producing ectoplasm um he's super cagey about letting people document um shannon has been able to document him she's like built up a really she's cultivated a a deep relationship with him and that's and he like trusts her a lot that's why he lets her document them but he's been accused of course over and over again of um being false Mm -hmm. and um and I, I like, this might be even an urban legend about Kaimuga. I don't know if this happened because I've been searching on the internet to find like the message boards that were like going through this when it was happening. This was in like 2011 or something people, there was a huge, there have been many campaigns to like out him and to figure out like what his tricks are. Um, much like in the 19th century during spiritualism, there were a lot of like Harry Houdini is like famous for, yeah. 
for trying to out the mediums. Um, but, uh, so people were like, I don't know. Yeah. People were like his ectoplasm, like, what is he doing? He's using special effects. And like, allegedly someone found like hacked into his computer and like, (laughs) what they found like a, like an order, an order online for five pounds of cobweb decoration. <laughs> like a bulk order of Halloween cobweb decoration. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> they were like, this is ectoplasm. <laughs> I'm seriously crying. Oh my god. <laughs> you do what you gotta do to make ectoplasm, okay? Five pounds. That's so much cobweb. I know. That's like a room full of cobweb. Stuff weighs nothing. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you do what you got to do. <laughs> it's relevant because I'm talking about a medium and we were talking about the medium playing a part in the Blair Witch. No, definitely true. <laughs> and in the Blair Witch, Josh, who is the first to be taken or whatever, <laughs> his stuff gets gooped. Oh yeah, he's like, what was that jelly it? stuff on my backpack? Yeah. Like, why did I have jelly? Why did I get a so gross jelly all over my stuff? Why did nobody else? Because it's ectoplasm. <laughs> or was it just moistened cobweb? <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, another thing. There was a part in like when before things get before they get lost where um josh is like she films him and he's like sprawled out on a on a rock and Mm -hmm. he looks kind of dead and it's like kind of like jarring because again nothing like nothing visual visually scary really happens until the very end um but but things are so tense and suspenseful that you're like always waiting for something and it caught me a little bit when i when i saw him and i was like oh my god like there's there's tons of little foreshadowing Mm. it's like it's also really excellent just classic horror where there's like foreshadowing there's suspense tension yeah no there is well you know from the beginning of the film that they are dead or missing (laughs) right 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 (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and it is really an excellent setup of like of tension tension not just between of like what's going to happen to them but tension between them and and the foreshadowing it's excellent and like yeah. there's all of these like sort of like it's interesting because you also watch them like unravel the the more lost they get um and the more that they're com- yeah like you know being tortured basically um terrorized and like the way they kind of go about like like Heather especially of like trying to cope or like tell herself like no it's under control like um it's like it's kind of like a fascinating like sort of devolvement to watch and it adds so much to the the fear because you also they start acting really weird because they're losing it Mm -hmm. and you don't know what they're going to do 
Yeah. Yeah. And there's also an expectation of like, cause there's the other thing too, that I think was happening at that time. I feel like in this starting in the 1970s, like the world started to get much darker and like kids mm-hmm. would go missing and like serial killers were like on the rise in the 1980s. Like there were, there were all these phenomena where people would go missing. Kids would be missing. People would be killed. So serial killers were like doing fucked up shit. And, uh, and you wouldn't, but you, nobody would know what happened because it's right. just like one time a person is declared missing. And then the next you find their dead body. And it's like, well, what? And, and there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of like storytelling and lore that has to go into like detectives, like piecing things, piecing clues together kind of thing. So with a found footage movie, there's this expectation that you're going to see some really fucked up shit. And I think that that is also like just an excellent way to build the tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also that you're like, you then become detective, right? Like you are trying to like put together clues or like, or the foreshadowing of being like, oh, like maybe it was this. Like you get all these different stories about the area, about the serial killer, about the Blair Witch. So, and, and in the end, right? Like you don't know, maybe it is local yokels being assholes going crazy. Maybe it is a witch. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Fucking who knows? But <laughs> it's a witch. Um, but it definitely is. <laughs> but there is like sort of an invitation to like put it together. Yeah. And you don't get an answer. And it does like as a viewer and to make you anticipate so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk just briefly on the two sequels to the Blair Witch Project. Oh, have you seen those? Because I haven't. I have not. Actually, the third one, Blair Witch, just Blair Witch, not to be confused with the Blair Witch Project, um, came out in 2016. That's so recent. But um, the, the f- sequel, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, is uh, designated as a metafiction because I'm just reading off the Wikipedia. I have not seen these. Um, is a metafiction uh, because it's like, it's about people who are obsessed with the Blair Witch Project. Uh. And I guess, um, yeah, I guess it opens as a, yeah, in November, 1999, tourists and fans of the Blair Witch Project descend on the small town of Burkittsville, Maryland. Um, Local resident Jeff, a former psychiatric patient and obsessed fan, orchestrates a group tour of locations featured in the film. <laughs> Jeff. So it's just like this like spiral <laughs> people. Um what? Someone suffers a miscarriage. Anyway, okay, it seems weird. Um <laughs> Blair Witch 2016 is a found footage supernatural horror film directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett. It is the third film in the Blair Witch series and a direct sequel to the 1999 film Blair Witch Project um, while ignoring the events of its 2000 follow-up Book of Shadows. <laughs> Didn't happen. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Um, the film shot in a found footage style follows a group of college students and their local guides who venture into the Black Hills Forest in Maryland to uncover the mysteries surrounding the prior disappearance of Heather Donahue, the sister of one of the characters. You know, I mean... I think that like sequel I don't I think that 
the Blair Witch Project set a totally new precedent and blueprint for things like like the the American version of the ring where it's like focused right. on the person who's looking at the the stuff and these are just shit these sequels <laughs> I will say I this is not a sequel but obviously something that's super inspired by Blair Witch which is a found footage movie I do just want to give this recommendation of Hotel Hell LLC great movie <laughs> seen it it's it's like just it's a found foot footage movie of <laughs> these kids who well not kids they're adults um who do haunted house a haunted house every year and um maybe they choose a house that's really haunted <laughs> maybe they've but actually it, someone someone right and it's about this woman who like is trying to figure out what happened and um because a bunch of people like died after it or like you know committed suicide and like other people disappeared and um and it's it's a good found footage <laughs> I love the found footage genre because you also always have to have an excuse for why your cameraman is still fucking shooting I know so, oh my god so you, most of the time what they do which you see in this is like they make the character either like obsessive or yeah. really fucking obnoxious um like in that one movie this episode is for the videographers out there really (laughs) we love you guys um but you do have like you really have to build it in which makes sense why it's like like why they give heather certain characteristics um and that they're film students so like of course they would but yeah uh, yeah and she's obsessive she's constantly saying like i have to get this i have to get this and forcing forcing josh to like carry around a 16 millimeter or whatever (laughs) my god um (laughs) the other thing about found footage films is like it can't be anything other than horror because otherwise it's just america's funniest home videos yes i in (laughs) fact sort of wrote a thing on this um (laughs) about home movies but it does seem like the found footage genre which a lot of times are like home movies basically that someone found or horror home movies mm-hmm. lends well to horror and I was like yeah they kind of there's a, a inherent creepiness to watching someone else's home movies or not home mm-hmm. movies but like someone else's recordings that you don't know if it's like a personal thing there's like mm-hmm. some sort of creepiness but also like I think it's like normal people capture pretty mundane stuff right in right. their home movies and like here we have something that's like otherworldly or like horrific and that makes it even worse to have it recorded or something. Yeah. And yeah. And like, I don't know. I'm trying to think if like, there's like, there's something really unique in, in, within this like pocket of time with found footage too, because like when you're recording a home movie, you're just doing it for, for what benefit you're doing it for this, like capturing a memory kind of thing, but for the benefit of your family and like only people who would understand that context, there's something different about like what people choose to post on social media. You could never like tailor. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is a challenge uh, to filmmakers. Um, but like, you could never try to get this like found footage situation. Well, I don't know. I also still, I mean, we will cover it soon, but I also still have not watched We're All Going to the World's Fair, so maybe I'm off here. But you can't get 
found footage from like it, like someone's Instagram stories or someone's like TikTok. I'm not sure that a, a horror film could be tailored from that kind of thing because like, but yeah, maybe maybe we're all going to the World's Fair is going to be different. I would say that, no, actually it's playing on what you're talking about on like what's real, what's, what's to be consumed. Um, and not all of that is like, is social posting. You see her doing like not being recorded, not recording herself. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that's totally true. And I think like also the act of watching something that was not meant for you to see, or at least not to be seen this way is like immediately, it's like a taboo. And like, you, you know, something's wrong yeah. with, with the tape. So like having that like idea of like a home movie or an unedited film that these people never got to release or whatever, yeah. there's something like, yeah, immediately creepy and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess what also makes it, um, um, what also makes it like, there's so much room for, what makes it folklore-ish is there's so much room for interpretation because folklore is this idea, is, is like a story that doesn't, that has a, that has a structure, but people fill in different things. Hmm based on where they are, based on, um, what they've heard before. Um, and so, and that's what, where like internet folklore, which is like, I guess also urban legends, like, um, like people filling in the gaps of, of what happened. Um, yeah, a whole horror movie shot on (sighs) B-Real. That's what I want to see. That's what I uh, would assign my film students. <laughs> do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny. Uh, in this episode, we have barely talked about witches. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. But it makes sense because you don't really see the witches any of these movies too much a little more in the witch but yeah a little more in the witch the other thing though is like witches are also like this is why they are like central to folklore is because there's so much filling in of the gaps who's the witch like it the the context matters when you're trying to define the witch the witch in in the witch (laughs) is uh um is this like egregore of puritan anxiety Mm-hmm. and like god-fearing anxiety the witch in the Blair Witch Project is an entity that is like a uh is it one on on one hand just a bedtime story for a small town in Maryland but then also like an actual supernatural entity that has taken the lives of three people um <laughs> and um and a witch can a witch contains multitudes and can be all of those things. <laughs> I did just want to make you talk about witches. Um, I, Which, I agree. I Which really. means multitudes. I just have to. I mean, I, I said that and I like believe that. But I also like I really hate the whole like girl bossification of witches. I just I really don't like it. Witches join do not my, need to be. <laughs> join my coven, girl. Get that cash. Like, I really hate that. I really, I, 
I hate the girl bossification of a witch. Um, I don't think that like girl boss implies that you're like trying to rise above this, like, like, I don't know. You're trying to like get out of, I feel like witches are very trad, witches are extremely cottage core, but they're like still going down their own path. They don't like need to be the boss kind of thing. They just like, they don't need to be corporate. They don't need to like, do not put them in the corporate Corporate bin. (laughs) That's incredible. (laughs) A corporate witch. Uh, no, I mean, I think, right, the witch is often either A, the isolated figure, right, like the woman alone, or is, like, so community-oriented that they have, like, basically a collective, which yeah. is a coven, you know, yeah. like, so it's neither of which are, like, participating in capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is another reason why it's surprising to me that there was no Native American influence on the Robert Eggers film because um, because at the end of the movie, it says that he like researched through primary source documents and mm-hmm. that that informed how he wrote the dialogue was like from people's writings and personal diaries and stuff. And um, at the same, well, again, and I know that I've talked about this to you a lot, but also on this pod, I will forever be bringing this up because um, I'm just obsessed with it. But like at the same time, or 50 to 100 years later, um, in the Southwest region, there was a whole like situation going on, a whole witchcraft, witch hunt, witchcraft situation going on in the New Mexico area, what is now New Mexico. And the primary source documents, it's insane because this was like the northernmost frontier of Spain in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. And they're the only primary source documents that you have from the northern New Spain frontier is from the priests who were sent to colonize it. And they all just talk about how the, the Native Americans are witches. And there's like a this constant like accusation that they are witches because they are. And, and you know, obviously it's just them practicing their normal like practices, like spiritual, spiritual and just mundane, like healing practices kind of thing um, that are foreign to um, to the Spaniards but like they're, they're calling them witches. And it's like mm-hmm. a very clear presence, like living amongst the native Americans and s- witnessing their um, foreign way of life is immediately accused is immediately characterized as witchcraft. And so I'm surprised that that isn't showing up for Robert Eggers, because I know that mm-hmm. <laughs> there were native American um people living side by side with the Puritans like we know that and we know that there that you know any kind of like accusation of witchcraft is what further justified was just one of the many justifications of their of their slaughter and yeah so I'm just like yeah it surprised me that that wasn't present I wonder not like I hope this doesn't sound like I'm creating excuses for Robert Eggers um but (laughs) I do wonder if it is purposefully so because he wants to create these this family as as isolated as possible so rather than turning external and being like those native americans over there did it it's like no thomason did it thomason's a witch um so they internalize like because there's nowhere else to go yeah Um, yeah he i do remember the dad at one part mentions that he has traded with like indian joe 
or something like that. Mm. Um, and that's it. Like, I think that's yeah. all you get um, is that they like came through and he sold the silver cup or mm-hmm. what a, the fucking mm-hmm, silver mm-hmm, cup. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> get over the silver cup, mom. Jesus. Who stole my silver goblet? <laughs> Whatever she says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point, though. I think that there's something to that, that it's like trying to emphasize the solitude. Yeah, but still. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's just like, oh, curious that like conveniently. Right. The Puritans have only been on the land for like 50 years, but conveniently there's already like a coven of white witches. It <laughs> yeah. is odd. Um, but there's also something about like, there's something, I don't know, I, it is, it is folksy and stuff, but like, it's also the Wicker Man and like Midsommar, <laughs> they are like specifically another, another A24 <laughs> folk horror films, like do they, they specifically like try to, um, look at like cultures as, as they are and say like, mm-hmm. here's how a Westerner or like a, yeah, here's how a Westerner would like distort this in their mind and like put their own personal internalized psychoses and traumas and fucked upness here's how they would project all of that onto this like completely normal practice that has been obscured by society over the course of history or whatever um or or by modernity has been obscured by modernity and so like but witches are different because they're a little bit they're esoteric Hmm. already and so it's not like that's an interesting contrast I guess is like it's not like you're watching a pagan midsummer festival midsummer festival or you're not like watching the maypole dance or whatever um like a uh Beltane Beltane festival that's May 1st um you're not like (laughs) you're not like peering into um these practices that are completely normal for a society that have been stamped out by in favor of homogenous hmm. modernity you're still you're like witches are esoteric they were esoteric and they still are they're always going to be outside of yeah the the, the norm yeah girl bosses uh- <laughs> like they're just doing their game they're hustling i'm not like other girls i'm a witch <laughs> <laughs> oh god um yeah now to be only to be like fucking just misrepresented as hell by witch talk witch tiktok oh i forgot about witch talk (laughs) and the videos that you sent me like last year about like that lady summoning the moon and maybe like the devil or something do you remember what i'm talking about oh sort of wait oh sort of like people were getting mad at her i don't remember what she was summoning it wasn't the devil it wasn't the moon but it was something yeah i think i remember damn there there are so many controversies on witch talk um Maybe but it was I, the moon. People were like, stop. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was a like huge thing. I bet there's a Wikipedia page for this that we can. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I bet there's a Wikipedia page already documenting this because it was like, stop fucking with the moon. Like the moon doesn't want to be closer to the earth. Yeah. It was super weird. That was, that was so bizarre. Oh my gosh. Everybody is doomed on TikTok. Um, this is, this is true. (laughs) Um, and that made me think of some, oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. The, the internet is a whole other landscape. I'm also thinking about like creepypasta and um, like internet cryptids and stuff. Uh, well, so that's good. I guess in the last like 10 minutes, we got to witches. <laughs> We've talked about them earlier a little bit. Burning witches, ostracizing witches, fearing witches. Ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. <laughs> great a great season a good episode (laughs) we love it Mm -hmm. um well tune in next time we'll talk more about folk horror and the folks behind the horror just kidding Uh! And go watch both of these movies. You should watch, definitely watch them back to back. You won't be scared oh, at all. No, we both did that. You know, actually one last thing. Both of these movies, especially the Blair Witch, perfect run times. They are short. Oh yeah, they're they, so short. They, amazing. Incredible. Like Blair Witch is like 80 minutes long. That's so a perfect time for a movie. Especially yeah. the pacing. Excellent. Both of them. Okay, yeah. got it. Yep, so yep. you can do these back to back double feature freaky night i would recommend the witch then go to blair witch that's exactly what i did that was exactly my order yeah it makes sense you chronological start, yeah start back in time yeah start with yeah. the puritans yeah and then it makes the crossover even more like easier to believe that like mm-hmm. thomason is actually the blair witch <laughs> that's it that's the conclusion <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Our own personal view of heaven is not like everybody that we've ever loved and met. It's like all the horror characters <laughs> like crossing over. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Very metal. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, have a great weekend, y'all. Have a good weekend, Ooh, Mary. You too. We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> Did you know um, there's a place on the internet where you can get exclusive access to Sad Girl Syllabus News? You can join our Sad Girls Club by signing up for our newsletter at sadgirlsyllabus.com. And with the newsletter, you'll see updates on new episodes, um, announcements on content and stuff, uh, extra insights links, reading lists, resources, um, that don't make it into the podcast episodes. And when you sign up, you get a little gift from us. It's a reading list, um, a true, a, a sad girl syllabus, actual syllabus, <laughs> sad girls, one one And if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash sad girl syllabus. And for five bucks a month, you can watch all of our director's cut video episodes, uh, and get bonus episodes uh, when they come out. Uh, If you like what you hear, also 
please think about rating the pod on Apple Podcasts, sharing this podcast with your friends. Yay. It's really the best way to support us uh, is to help spread the word. Uh, so subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at Sad Girl Syllabus. Thank you.